Hi, I'm Kerry Williams, and I'm a woman on a mission to help as many women as possible uncover their passions and discover their purpose. This is the Dreamers, Setters, and Go-Getters show. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Dreamers, Setters, and Go-Getters show. I'm your host, Kerry Williams, life purpose, mindset, mm, creating a legacy that your future generations will be proud of, um, book writer, course creator, general kind of know-it-all. Yeah, I don't really have a title. I'm trying to create one, but it's, it's kind of, it was online course creator, which, you know, I do have online courses, but now I've been writing some like workbook style books, which I'll discuss later in the episode. But yeah, that's me. Hello. Hope you're having a lovely week so far and I hope you had a lovely weekend. Let's just, if you listen to my episode last week, let's just discuss the elephant in the room. Eurovision. What a final. Absolutely epic. However, and you know where I'm going with this. I am fuming. Genuinely fuming. I am triggered, I tell you, from the result. Because let's just look at the results. Karia for Finland, cha-cha-cha, should have won because it is an absolutely epic song. And the fact that absolutely slayed in the public vote. Um, every single country gave it points. Not a single country in of the 37 that voted gave it uh, less than six points, every single one. Whereas Lorene for Sweden got no um, maximum she got from any country was, was 10 from the country. She never got 12 from any of them. And yet the jury just screwed Korea on that completely for Finland. He should have won. It's completely unfair. Why we bother voting? And paying money to vote, I have no idea when the juries clearly just wanted it in Sweden next year for Abba's 50th anniversary of them winning the Eurovision Song Contest in 1974. So getting that out there, not happy, as I think a lot of people aren't. Um, not that I've got anything against Lorraine. I think Lorraine's awesome. Uh, I liked the song. I didn't like it as much as Cha 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 and I didn't like it as much as, um, as her previous one, Euphoria. But I think the entire thing she shouldn't have entered in the first place. Because I think, you know, it should be somebody fresh that should enter each time. Um, I think the same for when Alexander Rybeck entered again in, I think, 2018 after winning in 2009. You shouldn't have done that. Um, I think you should only have new entrants. No, I mean, you can enter again if you haven't won, but I think if you have won, then you are potentially taking that away from someone that hasn't. So I think that's quite unfair. But absolutely love Lorraine. I think she seems like a really, really lovely person. The song was great. I liked the song not as much as I liked a lot of the songs and I thought her performance was weak on the night. It was good in semi-finals, but not on the night. But anyway, let's move on from that. Got my two cents in. So this episode is about discovering your icky guy. And for some reason, I kept reading that as Ikagi and I have no idea why I was pronouncing it as Ikagi because it doesn't even spell like Ikagi. Icky guy. I remember icky guy because it just makes me think of when you're at a bar and um, a guy keeps trying to come on to you that you, you know, I'm married. I never want him to come on to me, but, you know, an, an icky guy has come on to you. So um, icky guy is the Japanese secret to finding your purpose. Now, it is, as I said, a Japanese concept that roughly translates to a reason for being or a sense of purpose, which to me are, you, you know, um, what's the word? Ubiquitous? Um, synonymous. Synonymous is a good one, those two things. And the term has its roots in the Japanese island of Okinawa, which has one of the highest life expectancies in the world. So clearly they're getting something right there. Um, Ikigai is a key component of the Okinawan lifestyle and is often cited as the reason for their longevity and overall well-being. I think if they're living a long time there and they're happy about it, why would we not want to learn something from them? So, um, 
The reason why Ikigai is an important topic to explore is that in today's fast-paced, often stressful world, many people struggle to find a sense of purpose or meaning in their lives. Um, Ikigai offers a framework for identifying and pursuing one's passions and values in a way that can lead to a more fulfilling and satisfying life. Um, Exploring the concept of Ikigai can help individuals find greater greater clarity (laughs) and direction. I talk too quick, sorry. And direction in their life. Can you imagine if I spoke in Spanish rather than English? I mean, the Spanish speak quickly anyway, but me speaking fluent Spanish, like literally no one. Someone that didn't speak Spanish just wouldn't even be able to catch on to any of it, I reckon. And to be fair, somebody that doesn't speak English and is trying to learn would probably struggle with me. So I'm really, really sorry. But I think you can slow down recordings, especially I think on YouTube. And this does go up on my YouTube channel. I'm uh, uh, youtube.com forward slash at sign, I'm Kerry Williams. So you can find me on there and I think you can slow it down on that. <laughs> Probably a good idea. Anyway, what was I? So um, yeah, Ikigai is, uh, it can help individuals find greater clarity and direction in their lives and may even lead to improved physical and mental health, which I think in this day and age of extreme, an extreme mental health pandemic throughout the world and um, a world of people that are smoking heavily, drinking heavily, um, eating more than they should. You know, obesity is a big problem in the world, um, as is obviously smoking, drinking, and just generally not looking after yourself. I think we really, really need something that will help to improve our physical and mental health. So there are a few key points that I'm going to be covering this episode. So what is Ikigai? The four elements of Ikigai, how to cultivate your Ikigai, and the benefits of discovering your Ikigai. So Back to what is Ikigai. So I said the uh, word Ikigai is a combination of two Japanese words. Iki meaning life and gai meaning value or worth. So basically life value or life worth. Um, The concept has its roots in ancient Japanese philosophy, but has gained popularity in recent years as a way to find greater meaning and purpose in one's life. At its core, Ikigai is about finding a sense of purpose and fulfilment by aligning one's passions and values with what the world needs and what one can be paid for. Do you know what's really interesting is, obviously, over the last probably five years of my life, I've been all about finding your purpose and your purpose being that thing that brings you joy and happiness and brings you value in your life. And I actually had no idea that Ikigai was even a thing. So when I read about this, I was like, oh, my God, there's already a thing and I was following that anyway. So I, I feel quite akin to the Japanese lifestyle, clearly. If, <laughs> um, they've already got this thing and have done for years and years and years. And there's also part of me, you know, ashamed of my ignorance for not finding out beforehand. But I found it out now and I am sharing the beauty of it with you. So um, how is Ikigai different from other concepts like passion or purpose? Right now, while passion and purpose are similar concepts to Ikigai, they differ in important ways. For example, passion refers to a strong emotional attachment to something, while purpose refers to a sense of direction or intention in one's life. That's why my slogan, my slogan, my mission statement is that um, I'm a woman on a mission to help as many women uncover their passions and discover their purpose because they are linked to one another, but they are entirely separate. So, you know, one helps the other one and vice versa. 
So Aikigai encompasses both of these ideas, but can also include the notion of what the world needs and what one can be paid for, making it a more holistic and practical approach to finding meaning and purpose in one's life. So that's what, you know, what I've been saying, that your purpose will create your career, your way of making money, because we need money. We need money to survive. We need money to thrive. And I'm not going to feel ashamed of wanting money because I don't want excessive amounts of money. I don't want a load to put in a side account somewhere so I can avoid paying my tax. No, no. When I have my first massive tax bill, I'm going to be delighted to pay it because I've made it as far as I'm concerned and I'm giving back. So, yeah, that's my my thoughts on tax dodging. So I don't want to have money for the sake of having money. I want to have money to be able to help my family, help my myself live a good full life because why shouldn't we were here for such such a short amount of time why should we feel ashamed of wanting to live a completely full and happy life and um encompass everything that that brings us um but I also want to be able to give back to charity something that I always try and do when I can um but I don't always have the funds for it so you know the more money I make the more I can give back to charity which is a really important thing for me um, so some examples of individuals who have discovered their ikigai and the impact it's had on their lives. One example is George Takai, uh, who, as uh, a lot of you probably know, was in Star Trek, the um, what was it, the, the original series and the motion picture. And he's a, so he's an actor and an activist who has spoken about how his ikigai is to use his platform to promote social justice and equality. Awesome. Uh, another example is Marie Kondo. You probably know for the KonMari method, the um, tidying and organising method for the house, house where you um, get rid of things if they don't bring you joy or they don't serve a really important purpose. She is a professional organiser who has built a career around helping people find joy and fulfilment in their homes and their lives. Love her. And in both cases, these individuals have found a sense of purpose and fulfilment by aligning their passions and values with what the world needs and what they can be paid for. Now, in both these cases, obviously, they are either um, Japanese or they are uh, Japanese-American or Japanese, and, and in George Takai's case, lives in America. Um, so obviously, they've embraced their heritage there. Marie Kondo is actually Japanese. I don't think she speaks a huge amount of English. But so, yep, definitely, definitely embraced um, their heritage and uh, the philosophies of the heritage there, which is awesome. So, moving on to the four elements of Ikigai. Now, there are, I said four elements, and they are what you love, what you're good at, what the world needs, and what you can be paid for. So, what you love. This refers to the things that bring you joy and fulfilment, whether it's a particular hobby, activity, or type of work. Like, I don't really use it for a career too much, but something... For type of work. Um, the reason why I was always prior to this drawn to admin roles is I really love um, digital organisation. I'm obsessed with creating spreadsheets, having everything really, really organised, organised systems. So that's something I'm really passionate about and something I'm hoping I can bring into, you know, that I can make money from, you know, on the side of this. Maybe I can get a, a separate business, but, you know, one step at a time. The next one is what you're good at. This refers to your skills and talents, the things that come naturally to you and that you've developed through practice. And third one is what the world needs. This refers to the needs of others or society as a whole and how you can use your passions and skills to make a positive impact. And then finally, what you can be paid for. Now, I find I, I personally reckon there's ways that you can be paid for anything. I think that there are certain any skill you've got, there is a way that you can be paid for it. People can pay you to use that skill to help them. 
um, or to help the masses, who knows, but I, I genuinely think there's something everyone can do there. So obviously this refers to the practical aspect of Ikigai and involves finding ways to monetize your passions and skills in a way that is sustainable. Thankfully, with the internet and the way things are going now, especially with AI, I think particularly online jobs are a lot more sustainable than physical jobs, depending on the job, obviously building work and stuff like supermarkets. Um, they're all very important physical jobs that you have nursing, doctors, anything like that, you know, physical jobs. So they're always going to be there. We don't need to worry about them too much. But a lot of jobs can be taken online now and are being taken online. So there are some strategies that you can have to identify these elements in your life. So as far as the what you love one goes, what you, a good thing to do is to take some time to reflect on the things that bring you joy and fulfilment, whether it's through journaling, meditation or talking to friends and family. The second one is what you're good at. Take an inventory of your skills and talents and consider seeking feedback from others to gain a more objective perspective. What the world needs. Research different social issues or areas of need that are like, sorry, a little thing just came up on my screen on my laptop. <laughs> it's completely through me. Uh, recent research different social issues or areas of need that align with your passions and skills and consider volunteering or working with organisations that address these issues. An example for myself here, um, I became really, really passionate through bad experiences at jobs. Um, really passionate about um, people that, you know, you can work as hard as you possibly want in a job, but you're still going to get paid the same amount. Someone getting the same salary as you could sit there for an hour and do one job, whereas you could blam out 20 and you'll still get paid exactly the same amount as that person. So you are not in control of your finances. You're only in, you've got the boss of the company is in control of your finances. And the fact that these bosses feel that they own you. Not all bosses. Some people have got amazing bosses, but the ones I've come across, certainly some of them, specifically the last office job I did, the boss full on felt that he owned his staff. And I hate that. Even if you're getting paid for it, you know, it's it still felt like slavery. <laughs> That's an awful thing to say. Um, slavery in the sense of it's not like a particular race issue, just slavery in general. Um, that, you know, they owned you. You had to do as you were told. And you weren't getting paid as much as you probably should be getting paid, depending on your job. So that, that was my thing. And my passion was that people should be doing what they love, making money, doing what they love. They should be living a fulfilled life and they should be able to decide on their income, on how much they make, not have somebody else decide it for you. So that was my passion. That's why I'm doing what I do. OK, so and finally, what you can be paid for. Consider the skills and passions you've identified and research different career paths or industries that align with these areas. So uh, we've got a few more individuals here that have found their ikigai, I was about to say it, ikigai by aligning with these four elements. Uh, Jiro Ono, a sushi chef in Tokyo, that sounds like it rhymes, has found his ikigai by dedicating his life to perfecting the craft of sushi making and sharing it with others. Uh, Wanagari Matai, I think that is, I'm sorry, I, that's really bad pronunciation, I do apologise, uh, Mar Marty. A Kenyan environmentalist and political activist found her ikigai by using her love of nature and her skills as a biologist to promote conservation and sustainable development. See, that was something she was passionate about. And it helped so much. I can pronounce this one. Michelle Obama, former first lady of the United States, 
has found her ikigai by using her passion for education and her skills as a communicator to advocate for social and political change. At a girl. So the third point in this episode, how to cultivate your ikigai. So cultivating your ikigai involves actively pursuing your passions and values over time and making intentional choices that align with these areas. This can involve setting goals, seeking out mentorship and making time for self-reflection and growth. The importance of cultivating your ikigai over time is not a one-time event, but rather an ongoing process that requires dedication and commitment. By consistently, consistently, by consistently nurturing your passions and values, you can experience greater levels of fulfillment and well-being over time. So there's some strategies for nurturing your ikigai. Setting goals. By setting specific goals that align with your ikigai, you can stay focused and motivated over time. Stay to the end of the episode. I will explain how I can help you with that. Seeking out mentorship. Working with a mentor or coach can provide guidance and support as you navigate your ikigai journey. Making time for self-reflection. By regularly reflecting on your passions and values, you can stay connected to your ikigai and make adjustments as needed. And then finally, pursuing opportunities for growth. Opportunities. People don't take opportunities enough. Continuously seeking out new experiences and opportunities for growth can help to stay engaged and passionate about your ikigai. So we've got a few more examples here. So of people who have cultivated their ikigai through these practices. So Richard Branson, founder of the Virgin Group, has cultivated his ikigai by selling, by setting bold goals and constantly seeking out new challenges and opportunities. I mean, we all know the brand Virgin. It's pretty epic. Their Virgin Atlantic Airlines awesome. Uh, Oprah Winfrey, media mogul and philanthropist, like anybody doesn't know who she is, has cultivated her ikigai through self-reflection, spiritual practices and a dedication to using her platform for good. You get a car, you get a car, you get the idea. <laughs> She's awesome. And finally, Bill Gates, co-founder of Microsoft, has cultivated his ikigai through mentorship, seeking out advice and guidance from other successful leaders in his field. Now, what needs to be said about Bill Gates that I don't know if enough people realise he's a real philanthropist. He really gives back a lot of money and helps a lot of people. And he's done that through his the fact that he obviously um, was the founder of Microsoft and has used his finances from that to really do good. So, yep, what a ledge. Knows his icky guy. Right. So that finally, the benefits of discovering your icky guy, as if I have not made this clear enough. I don't know. Honestly, why would you be debating not finding this now? Because... I don't think I, you know, after reading all of this when I was doing my research, I was like, whoa, okay. So the benefits of discovering and cultivating your ikigai, increased motivation, something I definitely need on some days. When you're pursuing work that aligns with your ikigai, you're more likely to feel motivated and engaged in your tasks. I am creating workbooks at the moment and I'm absolutely loving it. And because of the, um, the, the reason I'm doing it is towards my own ikigai and it's awesome. Um, fulfillment. Discovering and cultivating your ikigai can provide a deep sense of fulfillment and satisfaction in your life. And finally, a sense of purpose, which obviously having a clear sense of purpose can provide direction and meaning in your life and help you navigate difficult or uncertain times. Right. So if this hasn't taught you enough, there's some research supporting the benefits of ikigai. Research has shown that having a sense of purpose in life is associated with greater well-being and happiness, as well as better physical health outcomes. 
One study found that older adults who reported a strong sense of purpose in life were less likely to develop disabilities and had a lower mortality rate. And another study found that individuals who reported having a sense of purpose in life had better sleep quality and were less likely to experience symptoms of depression and anxiety. I think in this day and age, we all want that. So just in case you needed a little more, a few more examples here of some more, exa- some more individuals that have experienced the benefit of Ikigai. Elizabeth Gilbert, author of Eat, Pray, Love, has spoken about how discovering her Ikigai has brought a sense of purpose and fulfilment in her life. Chip and Joanna Gaines, hosts of the TV show Fixer Upper, have found their ikigai by pursuing their passion for home renovation and using their platform to make a positive impact in their community. And funny, Masako Wakamiya, I think that is, sorry if I'm mispronouncing that, a Japanese woman in her 80s discovered her ikigai through learning to code and developing an app for seniors. Honestly, I'm trying to learn code, it's not easy, so bravo to her on that. Honestly, my mum won't even go on computers. So I think a woman in her 80s is doing this is incredible. She has spoken out about how this has given her a sense of purpose and excitement for the future. So that actually didn't go on as long as I thought it was. I thought I was going to be talking about that for freaking ages. But thankfully, I wasn't because I'm starting to get a bit of a sore throat. Um, so, yeah, I think to summarise that episode, find your icky guy. It's your purpose, your meaning for life you're meaning for living and everything about that sounds incredible so that's something i will be working i mean i already know mikey guy this is mikey guy but still um below this episode in the show notes i have got some links to the um resources for my stats on the research there are things people have found and stuff like that just to um explain where that got from um just finally I've got, I mentioned a book last week. I've got a few more out now. So we've got the goal setting book. And I also have one now on um, uh, creating a vision board, which is so worth it and so much fun. So I would really recommend that one. And finally, one about creating your own mission statement. A mission statement is a set statement of explaining why, you're explaining your why, explaining why you're here. So basically explaining your ikigai to yourself that you can always have. And it just really helps you stay motivated and stay in line with who you are. Um, in your life so that's another one good one finally one that is not a workbook but this is something that I wanted for ages and ages so obviously um, it's been known that you shouldn't keep mobile phones by the side of your bed so I keep mine downstairs but there are a lot of times when I will suddenly think to myself oh I need to find that out I need to find that out and then two days later I'll find I haven't found it I haven't looked into it I've completely forgotten and I'm lying in bed thinking the same thing again I need to find this out I need to find that out when I've had a really good idea that's come to me whilst I'm trying to sleep, which is quite frequent for me. Um, some other things. Uh, da, 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 da. Dreams. When you wake up in the night and you've had a really, or in the morning, you've had a really, really vivid dream and it's something you want to remember to just have somewhere I can write that down that isn't just a notepad. Um, I decided to just create it on Amazon. So I've created a book called Sleep Scribbles. Um, write it down, sleep it off, which is a 365 page day journal. And each page starts with um, three things to be grateful for. So a gratitude journal is always a good idea before you go to bed. So three things that you're grateful for in that day. And then, as I said, things you want to look up in the morning. Genius ideas that you will forget if you don't write down. Dreams you've had and then anything else that you want to write down in sections. It is on Amazon under Sleep Scribbles. I will link to my Amazon page in the show notes 
So you can have a look at those three different workbooks. I'm making more, so keep an eye on that. Even subscribe to me on the, my Amazon page. Uh, Dreamers, Setters and Go-Getters is the collection. Um, I don't think Sleep Scribbles is under that because the workbooks are under the Dreamers, Setters and Go-Getters brand. So please check that out. I really hope you love the, you will love those things as much as I do. I'm really, really passionate about them. It's so exciting to see the workbooks are A4 size. The Sleep Scribbles is more like a sort of average book size. I'm not really sure. I think it's 6.9. So that's cool. So head there. I hope you have an amazing week. And before I go, I just want you to once again remember that you can absolutely live your dream life and create a legacy that future generations will be proud to recount to their children and their family and friends. And I totally believe in you. You got this. I believe in you. Have a great week. <laughs>